Welcome to the show, Benson and those guys. Our show is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. It is Oscar weekend. We're coming up later in the show. We are going to have our Mount Rushmore of sports movies. Each of the guys has their four movies for Mount Rushmore, and we're going to go through that later on. First, I want to get to this. The Akron Zips NCAA basketball team, a couple of the NBA teams coming down the stretch. They might need to take a page out of this. Akron is paying students to attend games. And I don't know why they need to do this. They're 13-2 at home, but they have announced a student appreciation promotion during its last three home games on the schedule by putting $5 on a student's zip card for each game they attend. Now, there is a catch. The the school is saying 800 people need to show up, 800 students need to show up, otherwise they ain't giving the money. But if they do and you attend all three games, they'll even put a $5 bonus onto your card. Now, so far, it hasn't worked because only 687 showed up Wednesday night when they lost by two to Toledo, which was the first of the last three games. So they can't even pay people to come to their games? They didn't get enough. Yeah. Jeez. You know who might have to start paying fans is the Knicks. Knicks, Lakers, a number of teams coming down the stretch. It's going to have a tough time. The Texas Rangers signed, and I hope I pronounce this right, I probably won't, 17-year-old Rognet Odor. If that sounds familiar, he is the 21, he's the younger brother of 21 year old infielder, Rogned Odor. That's right. The Rangers have two brothers, both named Rogned Odor, <laughs> both infielders in their organization. By the way, that's not all. They're, they are the nephews of Roglas Odor, who played eight seasons in the minors, and he now has a son who has a shot at making it, who is named Roglas Odor. <laughs> this will be somebody that the Texas Rangers will make a run at, I am sure. Saturday Night Live trounced the All-Star game. Did you guys watch the All-Star game? I did. I nope. love that game. You did. It's 163 to 158. I don't know what there is to love about that. A bunch of threes a- and dunks. That, that's awesome. That is ugly basketball. The only game that lends itself, and Shane, you and I disagree on this, the baseball all-star game. That's That one is good. But I don't like the fact that it means something I know you do. I'm right, you're wrong. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. But that's the only all-star game. As evidenced by the f- fact that Saturday Night Live's 40th anniversary special, which was hilarious, by the way, trounced. They had 23.1 million viewers compared to the All-Star game, which got 7.2 million. But that was up 12% from last year's All-Star game. So that tells you how bad that must have been. Speaking about Saturday Night Live, David Cohn tweets that he was at the after party. Why David Cohn is at the after party? Who? What? Why? (laughs) But anyway, he says that Jay-Z thought David Boomer Wells was Kurt Schilling and asked him about his bloody sock. <laughs> Wells responded with the fact that he says he's still in shock that uh, Jay-Z made the mistake. Uh, Kurt Schilling responded with, if somebody thinks I look like Wells, ouch. Oh. You know? <laughs> Jay-Z has not responded, but I'm going to take a guess that his response might be something along the lines of, well, my net worth is about $510 million. <laughs> And I have Beyonce at home. You know, I, I think he's okay. He's a sports he's agent now, though. He's got to know this stuff. Yeah, I don't think he's too worried about 
either Kurt Schilling or David Wells. Yeah, yeah he doesn't have to go study the past to be a successful sport agent. Did you guys see uh, Cole Hamels showed up at uh, Philly's camp to get going and made it pretty clear he wants out and will be out? <laughs> I don't yeah, he's, blame him. He's not going to be staying there. No, I don't suspect he will, but his quote is this, I just want to win, that's all. That's that's all any competitor wants, and I know it's not going to happen here. This isn't what I expected. It's not what the Phillies expected either, but it's reality. Now, I don't think he's necessarily taking a shot at the Phillies, and they have said, you know, look, I don't have a problem with a guy just wants to win, and I get all that. But here's where I, I kind of come up short on this. It's not what I expected. Well, you signed this deal. You signed a seven-year, $159 million deal in late July of 2012 when the Phillies were 14 and a half games back, about 10 games under 500, and in dead last place in the NL East. You just took most of the budget, or a good chunk of that budget. It's not what you were expecting. You were in last place on a team that really did not have much of a future, had a lot of aging stars on that team, what were you expecting? You got paid, and now you're kind of not not real happy with where you're sitting. Look, I, I don't suspect he's going to end up in, in Philadelphia for the season. I, I doubt he'll even be there on opening day. But here's a guy that you create your own problem. Mm-hmm. These long contracts in baseball... Are killers. Any Yankee fan knows that. Coming up later in the program, we're going to talk to Stephen Copeland. He's a author. He's got a couple of books coming out later this spring. He's also a writer for Sports Spectrum magazine. We have Mark Propilia coming up. He's with Hockey Ministries International, does a team chaplain services for the Buffalo Sabres, the Rochester Americans, RIT, and Nazareth Colleges. It's Oscar week. We got our Mount Rushmore of sports movies coming up. We got other stuff after the break. This is Benson and those guys. The show is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. GNT Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. GNT has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GNT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Hey, you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season's scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. 
If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, GNT will find a team for you. He'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page. GNT Softball. Registration open now. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions' team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. There's something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? <laughs> Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. Of course, coming up later in the program, we're gonna have our Mount Rushmore of sports films. And you can connect with us. You can find us on Facebook. BTG program. You can hit us up on our website, btgprogram.com, or tweet at us. If you have a favorite sports movie that you think belongs on your Mount Rushmore, tweet at us at BTG program. Stephen Copeland joins us now. He is an author who also writes for Sports Spectrum magazine. Stephen, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to talk with us. Appreciate you, Rick. Thank you very much. Good to be here. You've been involved with a number of books, including Raising Boys, The Zeller Way, due out this spring with Stephen Laurie Zeller, parents of three NBA players. We recently had the Zellers on our program. What was it about their story that attracted you to writing the book with them? Yeah, I'm from Indiana, um, so, uh, you know, I kind of grew up hearing about the Zeller family name, and they have an incredible story as far as you know, three kids that are very, um, academically that they all achieve things on a high level. And then obviously with basketball too, you've got, got three Indiana Mr. Basketballs, uh, six state championships between them. Um, and it, it was just, oh, it, it was neat for me understanding how, how much basketball means to Hoosiers. And then, um, Meeting with them, I've heard all these things about them, but then getting to know them, I mean, they're exactly how you'd picture them. I mean, they're, they're simple, very faith-driven people, um, just very humble, down to earth. Um, I was very, I was very drawn to the project because I'd be working with genuine people who wanted to, um, you know, just they have a unique story as well, but, you know, most importantly, they wanted to impact lives, so they're a great family. Uh, and Cody, of course, is here in Charlotte, where I live. He plays for the Hornets, so there's that connection as well. The book deals uh, a lot with parenting perspectives. Was this sort of a departure yeah. for you, and was it more difficult in any way than profiling a particular personality? Yeah, I mean, it. Um, you know, as a single guy in my mid-20s, I'm nowhere close to having children, so, you know, entering the project, those were some questions that I had, but 
the thing I enjoy most about ghostwriting is, you know, you, it's all about getting to know the subject, taking their principles and what they did, and um, communicating that accurately. And, and I mean, for the future too, it's cool to learn from them because I'm sure, you know, some of the things they've already been through, I'll certainly use um, throughout the rest of my life. But yeah, it was definitely. It was different, but I love learning about new things. That's one of my favorite things about storytelling is it's never the same, and um, it was just fun to learn something that I didn't know a whole lot about. <laughs> You've also teamed with NFL players like Michael Vick on the book Finally Free and with Hunter Smith on The Jersey Effect. You have a second book coming out this spring with uh, Dave Bliss, who is the head coach at a number of schools, including Oklahoma, SMU, New Mexico, Baylor. The book is called Fall of Grace. Can you tell us a bit about what we can expect from that book? Yeah, Fall to Grace is a, it's a book I'm very passionate about. And again, that comes from getting to know Coach Bliss and, um, you know, I mean, what, what he went through at Baylor and, um, you know, the scandal there in 2003. And, you know, he's about 10, 12 years removed from all of that. And, you know, when his career fell to pieces, um, he had a lot of hard questions to ask himself. And, you know, as far as a guy who has really experienced worldly success in the men's basketball division one level to seeing that kind of come crashing to the ground, he, you know, we say that all the headlines read that he fell from grace because he hasn't coached division one basketball since, but what happened in his spiritual life was that he fell to grace. And, um, the book really, it goes through his whole life, but it really explores this idea that, you know, maybe one of the most profound, meaningful things we can do to our life is fall into grace and explore God's love more and more and our identities as beloved sons and daughters of Him. You know, he, he really struggled to forgive himself for a while because of the effect his decisions had on his family and friends and a school that he loved, Baylor. And I think we can all kind of relate to that because uh, I think at some time or another, we all look in the mirror and we we don't like what that person did the night before or we don't like what that person in the mirror is struggling with. Um, and we think we're better <laughs> than we are. And that's why we need grace. And um, I think that's one reason why I like the book is because it kind of delves into these very practical, spiritual issues that we all kind of wrestle with and forgiving ourselves. One of my favorite authors, Brennan Manning, he he says uh, it's called accepting your own acceptance. <laughs> and if you're, a, if you're a believer and you follow Christ, then sometimes that's one of the most difficult spiritual tasks is just accepting that God forgives you, you know, and that you're righteous. And you have these feelings of guilt and shame that you're wrestling with, but God says you're a saint and you're holy and you're blameless and allow that grace to change you and set you on a different path. So that's one of my favorite things about that book um, is it explores God's love. I look forward to that book. I'm familiar with what happened at Baylor and the scandal, but I'm not familiar with the personal side of it and the spiritual side of it, so I'm really looking forward to that. We're talking with author Stephen Copeland, also a regular contributor to Sports Spectrum magazine. Stephen, you've done a number of feature articles for Sports Spectrum on top athletes such as Steph Curry, Blake Griffin, among others. You've even done a piece on the band Switchfoot. Do you have a favorite featured article that you've done? I think uh, I, think I just enjoy you know, getting to know different people and each kind of 
each different sport, each different athlete presents something that I don't know. And usually you know, a spiritual concept too, that I can learn from, but I can learn something from that athlete. So, I mean, one article I'm really excited for is a story about uh, Gavin Floyd. He, um, he just signed a contract with the Cleveland Indians and he, um, he, he hasn't pitched a whole lot the last two years because he's, uh, he had Tommy John surgery and then he had surgery on his elbow as well, but he pitched for the White Sox for a while too. Um, that, that's going to be in our next issue of Sports Spectrum and, and I'm really looking forward to that story. I think it's a story that a lot of people are going to be, going to be able to relate to, but, um, I did enjoy, uh, I'm a huge music geek, so I, I loved, um, interviewing Switchfoot and we rode bikes around Charlotte together and went to a coffee house and uh, I call it an interview but I think we just talked about theological stuff the whole time. <laughs> I just no, recorded that sounds it. like so, fun. Um, selfishly that was a lot of fun. Uh, of the many personalities you profiled, is there one whose walk with Christ most impacted you? Hmm. There's a football player for the University of Alabama and he's a senior this year um, and he didn't end up playing this year but he he has a really inspiring story. His name is Taylor Morton. Um, he, he, he's a walk-on safety for Alabama and he, uh, he, he's been through a lot that most 22-year-old kids have not been through. He lost his brother when he was in seventh grade. Um, and then when he got to Alabama, he, he thought he was just going in for a simple procedure, um, surgery and they found out he had colon cancer. And then after that, he had to walk away from football because of the surgery to remove his cancer. So, you know, here's a here's a kid who's been through three difficult things I can't imagine going through myself, and he's taken those negative things and found something redemptive. Sometimes I think that's one of the toughest things in life is trying to find something redemptive in our suffering. If you can do that, then um, you're, you're probably going to live a pretty meaningful life. And that his story really impacted me because he's kind of because he has sunk so low because of his circumstances um it made his faith very very real um it wasn't just something he was saying it was something that you know he's been in the depths emotionally and spiritually and he's had to ask all the hard questions and here he is um still proclaiming something he believes in but also turning his negative things into something positive so yeah i think he has of all the stories, his was very impactful for me. Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How, how did you first come to a personal relationship with Christ? Yeah, I um, yeah, I grew up in a great family, um, and you know, we we went to church, and uh, I think you know, whenever it, once I got to high school, I really made that something of my own, and then I, I wanted to learn more about it, and I ended up going to Christian college and up in northern Indiana, and, you know, just taking Bible classes, and I think I believed in Jesus in my heart in high school, but when I got to college, I really started to believe in the teachings of the Bible, just taking apologetic classes, you know, just taking class entirely about Philippians. That was just cool for me. <laughs> you know, I'd never done something like that before. And, uh, then when I moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina here about four years ago, I think I, I really started to awaken to a lot of things I had missed along the way. Um, one of those things being union with God and what that looks like and an identity of one who is loved by God and not avoiding the temptation to get on the performance wheel to the point that, you know, you, 
can't ever do enough, <laughs> you know, and then in just accepting the fact that you're accepted and, you know, exploring God's love and what that means to me on a daily basis and enjoying God's love in ways I didn't expect in a good talk with a friend or um, dinner with a stranger or um, just driving <laughs> down a country road on a beautiful fall day listening to country music. You know, it's kind of been a lifelong journey and I'm sure it's going to continue to be that hopefully, as I continue to grow older. Yeah, how precious is it when your eyes are open to the fact that God loves you and you don't have to do more, you don't have to try harder, you're just, you're accepted by God through Christ. Absolutely. We're talking with author Stephen Copeland. He's been involved in a number of projects dealing with both faith and sports. How can our listeners get their hands on your book? Yeah, we, um, the the Zeller book right now is available at zellerbook.com. For 3,000 of those copies, um, there's going to be you know, 2,500, 3,000 signed by the entire Zeller family um, available for pre-order right now. Uh, so those are available at zellerbook.com. And then probably sometime this week, we're going to launch daveblissbook.com. You can pre-order Coach Bliss's book there. And yeah, we have an email address there if you have any questions or anything at all. So those are the two websites. How can we pray for you? You know, I'd, uh, I guess kind of just sticking to the theme of the conversation, I just want to, um, one of my favorite authors, Henry Nowen, he talks about how too often times he's like a boat on the waves where he, he goes up <laughs> when something really good happens to him, then he goes down when something bad. And I think one of the coolest things about God's love is it's constant. You know, just because we live in a fallen world, I think we're still going to go up and down to a certain extent, but... Um, I, I've noticed that whenever I am living out of my belovedness and my in Christness, life is a lot easier to handle. <laughs> you know, so I, I'd like to, I want that to become more, more true of me every day. Well, thanks for coming on and talking with us. I hope God blesses both books. And of course, we wish you continued success with Sports Spectrum magazine. Absolutely. Thanks for your support of Sports Spectrum. And I really appreciate what you do. Thank you. Good talking to you. Stephen Copeland writes for Sports Spectrum Magazine. He's also collaborated on a number of sports faith-themed books, including two that come out later this spring, Raising Boys the Zeller Way with Stephen Laurie Zeller. You can pre-order that book at zellerbook.com. And Fall to Grace, written with Dave Bliss, former NCAA basketball coach at Baylor and a number of other universities. And you can pre-order that book once the website launches, possibly even as early as this week, daveblissbook.com. Coming up later in the program, we're going to talk to Mark Porpilia. He's with Hockey Ministries International, and he's the team chaplain not only for the Buffalo Sabres, but our own Rochester Americans, as well as RIT and Nazareth Colleges. You're listening to Benson and those guys. The show is brought to you by Town & Country, Best Solutions. GNT Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. GNT has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GNT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. And you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season's scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. 
There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, G&T will find a team for you. He'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page, G&T Softball. Registration open now. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bed bugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys. It is Oscar presentation weekend, and Zach has a special selection of movie-themed songs. I mean, you could probably do a whole album of movie songs that Kenny Loggins did, right? I mean, hasn't he done a zillion of those? The Buffalo Bills made some news this week. Zach, can you give us an update on what they've been doing? Yeah, really, the two biggest things everyone's been talking about are they brought in Josh McCown for a workout. And he left without a contract, which is fine with me. I mean, he'd be an okay option as, like, veteran competition for EJ Manuel in camp. But nothing more than that. You know, he'd be a decent, low-cost option. Um, The Rams are su- supposedly looking for a trade partner to take Sam Bradford off their hands. And a lot of people are saying, oh, should the Bills or shouldn't they? And I've advocated for him as a quarterback the Bills should look at. But I think there's a good chance he ends up getting cut. I don't think anyone's going to trade for him coming off an injury with the size of the contract that he has left. So there's a good chance we'll see neither of those quarterbacks play for the Bills this year. The other big issue is that C.J. Spiller, his his option for next year was voided, so he is officially going to be a free agent on March 10th. Um, I think everybody saw the writing on the wall for him because he's a speed guy. He's supposed to be out in space, and they're going to be running a power between the tackles running style offense. Um, which is kind of a concern because they don't really have the personnel to do that. I was that. just going to ask. They don't have that in-house right now, do they? They don't even have the offensive linemen to run that yet. And Richie Incognito was the first step towards that, but they're nowhere near there yet. Fred Jackson. Well, let me ask you this then. Is this, are you thinking this is looking like a rebuilding year for Buffalo? I mean, they just came short, short of the playoffs. They had a great season. I don't think so. Um, there are going to be some really good guards available. In free agency and in the draft, what what is making them want to change from the the speed and the space style running to the power run? Rex Ryan, okay, it, it, it's it's what he's always done, and, and he brought in Greg Roman to be the offensive coordinator. That's what he's always done. They like to do power running, and Greg Roman likes to have a mobile quarterback, and which makes me think EJ Manuel, for better or worse, will be the quarterback next year. But uh, that's the type of offense he's always liked. 
we were out Tuesday night getting some wings, and the place we were at had the had a ton of TVs. And you guys saw that Tennessee cheerleader get taken out by that Kentucky player. That looked painful. The way she, I mean, she just snapped back. It was her knees came out, but she's all right. That's crazy. Uh, there was an exchange uh, on Twitter between the player and her. Uh, very polite, back and forth. You know, he apologized. My bad. She said she's fine. So I'm just bringing that up because I thought she was down and out. Yeah. I think one of you guys said there's an ACL. Yeah. You know, I thought for sure it was torn. In fact, in her tweet, she mentions that I didn't tear my ACL <laughs> and I am okay because it was it was an ugly it was brutal. Injury. Speaking of Twitter, did you see Colin Kaepernick's oh, exchanges, dude? And I, I mean, he shut this one guy down. Uh, he says some things, you know, about this at Batman underscore returns was getting on Kaepernick, and I guess Kaepernick had enough. So then he just he fires back at him. Are you illiterate? Are you just ignorant? And finally, the last tweet that I saw from Colin Kaepernick at Batman returns, you got eight followers, bruh. Your own family don't even want to know what you do and get better at life. <laughs> you know what, though? He helped that guy because now he's getting his 15 minutes of fame, and he has over 2,000 followers now. Really? You shouldn't have just responded. You should have just blocked the guy. Now, is that, now I, I get, you're right. He's enjoying his 15 minutes of fame. He's probably having some fun with that. Um, but, boy, sometimes the exchange is a quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Darren, why don't you give us, you're kind of our NBA guy, give us uh, kind of what went down, what big things happened, and some how they impact the teams. All right, prior to the trade deadline on Thursday, um, there was already some big moves, you know, with Rondo going to going to Dallas. But OKC made that trade earlier, the three-team trade with uh, Cleveland and the Knicks where they got Dion Waiters. And what they did on Thursday was even better, in my opinion. They're, they're the winner of the trade deadline. They got DJ Augustine, Kyle Singler, Steve Novak, and Ines Cantor for two guys that didn't even factor into their future plans anymore in Reggie Jackson and Kendrick Perkins. They needed perimeter shooting. They got that with Novak and Singler. I, I, I really think that that team is dangerous right now. I, I think they could contend even sneaking into the playoffs as the, as the eight seed. Right now they're nine in the West. If I'm the Warriors, anybody in that no, top. Nobody wants to no, play them. No, you don't want to play them. They're getting healthy. They're dangerous. And I'm not even talking about KD and Russell Westbrook. Like, they're dangerous. They're going to be good. Yeah, they added a lot of depth. I like what they did. Yeah, they're, they're tough right now. Uh, Goran Dragic, he's, he's going to Miami. He got himself out of Phoenix. That's what he wanted. I like that move all around. It works for everybody. Uh, the Blazers got Aaron Aflalo, who they needed some, some help with their bench. He's a veteran guy that can shoot the ball. I like that move a lot. Uh, something I, I got real excited about, even though it doesn't change anything for these teams, is the Brooklyn Nets and the Minnesota Timberwolves agreed in a trade. The, the Nets got Thaddeus Young, but the T-Wolves, they got KG back, and that just seems right to me. That, that does seem right. I, you know, I'm sentimental in that way. I like to see those guys, and I don't know if he's going to retire this year. I Reports are he wants to play another year. But I kind of like that. You said it well. It seems right. I don't think it changes the Wolves in any way. No, no, it doesn't change the Nets either. They neither are getting any better, any worse. They just it just works. You know, the Brooklyn Nets got to be a little disappointed. I think they were all set to get Reggie Jackson, and we all know as New Yorkers we want another Reggie Jackson in New York because <laughs> it went so well the first time. But they had Brooke Lopez trade all in place. I don't know what happened. It, reports were coming out. This thing was about to go down. You know, I'm I'm surprised. 
that OKC didn't didn't jump on that one because they could use another big man. They lost Kendrick Perkins today, so I'm Brooke Lopez. I thought he's the one of the best centers in the game when healthy. So surprised that one didn't happen. But finally, you know, a little closer to home, a couple of former Syracuse players were involved in the three team trade between the Suns, Bucks, and Sixers. Um, the two former Syracuse guys, Michael Michael Carter Williams and Tyler Ennis, they go to the Bucks. You know, the Carter Williams is a former. Rookie of the year last year, and maybe Tyler Ennis can actually get off the bench now and play a little bit in uh, in Milwaukee under the tutelage of Jason Kidd. You know, I I that I don't really think that changes the Bucks much, but I figured I'd mention it because they're former Syracuse players. So, coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to have Mark Porpilia. He's with Hockey Ministries International, and we're also going to have our Mount Rushmore sports films. You're listening to Benson and those guys. The show is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions' team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets... They do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. Mark Popilia is with Hockey Ministries International, and he serves as the team chaplain. And get this, not only with the Buffalo Sabres, but also to the Rochester Americans and to both RIT and Nazareth Colleges. Mark, thanks for joining us. You must be one busy guy. How long have you been with Hockey Ministries International? Uh, this is my uh, this is my fifth season that I'm in the middle of right now. Before we talk about your work with HMI, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Were, were you a player, and how did God lead you into HMI? Yeah, uh, well, I was a player. Nothing, uh, nothing high level. Uh, played up through varsity uh, in my uh, hometown team, and uh, then just the uh, the men's leagues ever since then. But uh, just loved the game, and uh, was a pastor locally here in the Rochester area, and uh, really just one of those uh, very random, you know, talk to a friend of a friend, and uh, all of a sudden I'm I'm. Uh, becoming aware that uh, there's a ministry called Hockey Ministries International. I didn't even know it existed, which was, I thought, pretty strange for a hockey-playing pastor. But um, I didn't uh, didn't know that they existed, but uh, lo and behold, they did. And they needed a volunteer chaplain for the Rochester Americans in the 09-10 season. And uh, I was able to uh, apply and uh, get that position and uh, 
while I was still working at the church, I volunteered over there with my church's blessing. And uh, but it was during that season that sort of fell in love with the uh, with the ministry and the plight of the boys. And I uh, sense that the Lord was calling me into uh, doing it full time. So I resigned uh, my position at the church and uh, came on staff with Hockey Ministry. Many of our listeners may not be familiar with HMI. Can you talk a little bit about Hockey Ministries International and its impact, as well as maybe some of its goals, and what's the overall purpose of HMI? Yeah, I can guarantee you nobody has heard of Hockey Ministries International. Uh, it's a very, uh, it's, it's the best-kept secret out there. It's, uh, it was begun in 1977 by a former player who was a, a, a Christian, and uh, but found that during his playing career it was tough to... Uh, to exercise his faith, if you will. They, they often played or practiced or traveled on Sundays. Um, it was, uh, it's not a sport that uh, is necessarily recognizing of, of faith and, and uh, faith values. Um, and so it was just very difficult for him to, uh, to exercise his faith as a player. And so he felt like the Lord was, uh, was calling him to, to start something. So in 1977, he, uh, he started, and uh, like everything else, we started small. And it, so uh, now, however many years later, we're in, uh, I believe it's seven countries. We have hockey camps in over, uh, I think there's 32 hockey camps every year. Um, we do chapels in 25 North American leagues. The last I knew, on like 175 teams, almost 2,000 players involved. And so we, our, our goal is to uh, reach the hockey world for Jesus Christ. Every player, every fan, every arena, everywhere. So our main um, arms or our legs of doing that are the camps during the summer for youth. These are these are hockey camps for uh, just you know that you would send your your son to. Uh, but it's Christian based. There are chapels and breakout groups and 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 all of that. It is unapologetically Christian as well. Um, so you get the best of both worlds, if you will. And then during the year, we have chapels. So we, instead of asking the players to come to church, we bring church, if you will, to to the locker room. And in a spare locker room after a practice with however many players want to attend, and that may be uh, three-quarters of the team or it may be just two guys, depending on who's interested. Uh, about a half-hour chapel looking into God's Word and applying it to our lives and, and uh, trying to be a, a friend and a mentor and a pastor for all who are interested trying to bring a little light into a dark arena. What are some of your responsibilities as a team chaplain, and do they vary, say, from the NHL to the AHL to the college ranks? I, I don't know if the, my, my responsibilities probably do not vary. The culture definitely varies, so you have to uh, you have to swim a little differently in the different waters. Um, but what I basically offer, if you will, our, our bread and butter is chapel. So I offer the team hey, can I come in once a week, once every other week, whatever works, and do a half-hour, if you will, Bible study for completely voluntary and, um, you know, whoever's interested. And uh, I go to the coach with that approach, and then I approach the team with it. And basically, if there's somebody interested, then we start. And uh, so I come in uh, once a week and set up shop, and uh, which just means, you know, find the empty room, arrange the chairs, and uh, see who shows up and be prepared to uh, to have a little study into God's Word. And from there, now I try to be a pastor to them. I try to go out for coffee and get into their lives a little bit more personally and see how they're doing because um, 
the chapel setting, it's not, uh, they're still a little guarded. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna let their guard down and, and tell their deepest, darkest secrets in front of their teammates. So, uh, while chapels are, are very good, they're also, uh, you know, they only go so far. So from there, we try to, like I said, be a pastor to them and meet with them one-on-one and disciple and evangelize and uh, do all those things. And it just depends on the team. That, uh, you know, some teams I'm involved with a player or a coach almost every day. It's, uh, you know, they are really welcoming of me. Others, it's, you know, once every other week and it's sort of very hit and run, just come in, do your thing and leave and nobody wants to do anything extra. And so you just, uh, you know, you let them lead and just uh, offer what you can and see who, see who bites on it. I have some friends that do chapel services for professional baseball and football teams, and they find that getting Bible studies among the players to be more difficult than it was in your past. And I real, realize you said you've only been, what you say, five years, I think, is team? Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you find it difficult to get the players to be part of a, a weekly Bible study? Actually, the, the hockey world is completely different from football and, um, and, and baseball. If, if I can just back up a little bit, maybe over the last 50 years, um, the, the football culture and uh, the baseball culture, in a sense, coming out of the American South. And so, you know, opening with the Bible Belt, opening services in there, or having a chapel around, uh, that, that wasn't very strange. And so there have been plenty of, plenty of football chaplains who have traveled with their team. Uh, the teams have paid for it. You know, they're, they've actually been on the official uh, schedule. They're, uh, they're welcome on the practice field. They're there basically every day. The hockey's not that. Hockey's, you know, Canadian and uh, Eastern European and uh, much colder to the gospel, not used to having uh, religious folk around and uh, very skeptical of that. And so whereas football has a rich tradition in chaplains and uh, the gospel being around, it's actually starting to fade. But hockey is actually starting to grow. And so now we're just on the cusp. Um, 10, 20 years ago, it was very difficult to have any sort of gospel representation in, in the hockey community. Um, they felt like it made you soft, uh, it made you a pansy. You couldn't, you know, go out there and be a tough guy. Um, think it would be messing with your mind, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, last few years, especially with some of the tragedies in the hockey world that I don't know if you're aware of, but, uh, people start to realize, you know, we, we actually need some, some help and some guidance and a little bit of something. And so I can't say that they're embracing us, uh, quite yet, but, uh, it's much more open uh, than it's ever been. We're talking with Mark Porpilia. He is, uh, with Hockey Ministries International. He's also the team chaplain for both the Sabres, the Rochester Americans, as well as RIT and NAS colleges. The Sabres recently made a multiplayer trade. How do you go about introducing yourself to a new player and making yourself available to them? Yeah, it was interesting. I was actually there that day when uh, the trade went down, and that was uh, that was uh, uh, it was quite an event. It was uh, it turned everything upside down, and people's uh, hearts and uh, hopes and dreams and friends are leaving. It was uh, that was a bit a bit crazy, but. Uh, to answer your question, um, I generally will do it through uh, a contact I already have. So I will say uh, to one of the players, hey, uh, you know, introduce me. Or, uh, you know, let them know, the, the new player, let them know that, we, that we're here. Uh, obviously, if I happen to see them in the back hallway, I can also simply uh, walk up to them, but that doesn't always happen. So, um, 
either through myself or through the established chapel and the chapel, the guys who come to chapel, or try to let them know, the new players know that uh, that we are here and uh, we're here to help, and uh, hopefully they they seek us out a little bit too. Working with both the Amherst and the Sabres must have its advantages, but is it difficult for your ministry relationship with a player when they move between the two clubs? No, it's, I mean, it's difficult only because if, uh, since I'm based in Rochester, um, uh, the Amherst get uh, the majority of my time, so I get to see players more if they're here in Rochester, move up to the Sabres, or if they move down to Elmira, then I just basically am not uh, present with them. As far as the relationship itself, that doesn't usually, it's, uh, you know, if we're, if we're friends here, then we're friends in uh, whichever place I go. I'm sure you try to build relationships with all the players who come through your chapel services, but being in the ministry myself, I know that it's only natural to have some relationships which are stronger than others. Is there one or two players you are still particularly close with? Oh, absolutely. There's a uh, there's a number, and uh, there's uh, there's definitely young men that uh, I grow close to and continue a relationship as they move on in their career uh, to different teams, and some have actually gone on to different leagues. I Skype with four different uh, players who are now playing overseas in Europe, and uh, they don't have a chaplain at all over there, and even if they did, it might not—they might not speak English. So uh, I get to Skype with them and uh, continue my relationship as pastor to them uh, using uh, latest technology, and uh, that's actually also been a huge joy to be able to continue to speak into their lives and continue uh, our relationship. Well, sounds like God has really blessed you. It sounds like an exciting job. I'm sure it has its difficulties and hardships, but you're from Western New York. Are these your favorite teams growing up, so that must be a thrill for you if it is. Uh, it is absolutely a thrill. It, uh, I, I jokingly say that uh, when the universe finds out how much fun I'm having, they're going to put a stop to it because, uh, yes, I really enjoy it. Yeah, growing up, I wanted to, you know, in the Buffalo area, I wanted to be a Buffalo Sabre, uh, and then moving to Rochester as a young adult, uh, picking up. I went to RIT, so did not play uh, hockey for them. I wasn't that talented. But still being at RIT and uh, watching the Amherst, those are really my three, you know, my three teams. And so now to have an impact uh, to those three especially, uh, has been, yes, yeah, absolutely been a joy. Can you share with us how you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yeah, I was a, uh, I was uh, brought up like many uh, Western New Yorkers as a Christmas and Easter uh, Catholic uh, attendant and um, you know, believed in God, but uh, it certainly wasn't a you know, motivating motivating force in my life uh, till I got to college, and actually I uh, I borrowed a friend's car and I crashed the car and uh, got very scared and uh, and prayed that uh, Lord, if you get me out of this, you know I, I owe you. And you know it all worked out; insurance paid for it, and the car got fixed and whatever. But I bet I remembered that. I felt like you know what, you know you made this big talking to myself. And I, you made this big proclamation to God that you'll do whatever, and sure enough, he got you out of it. So that got me thinking, and that just got me searching a little bit. And uh, along the way, uh, my sister, who had uh, become a Christian, uh, shared her faith and got me a Bible, and I started reading on my own. And uh, then in the spring of uh, 1987, I uh, got on my knees and, and uh, accepted the Lord and my Savior and joined his team. And in fact, that's the way I phrased it. I said, Lord, I've, I've been on the other guy's team. You know, my whole life, I want to be on your team. If you don't mind making the trade, I'm I'm, I'm coming over. And uh, of course he did, and I've been on the team ever since, and uh, just continue to grow and uh, 
and uh, love them and uh, learn more about them. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing a little bit about your ministry and introducing us to Hockey Ministries International. How can we pray for you specifically? That's a great question. And first of all, thank you for being interested in Hockey Ministries and uh, and taking the time out of your show to uh, to have me on. I do really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I think you could just pray that we're, we're certainly not embraced uh, in the hockey culture. I think we're tolerated. And, and the image that I like to use is... Uh, when you go downtown and you see those guys with the hot dog carts on the on the street corners, that's sort of what we are. Like, uh, you know, the teams, if you called up the teams and said, who's your chaplain, they'd say, what's a chaplain? And then they, they would tell you that we don't have one because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really embraced. I'm just there. But that's the benefit is I, I am there and I'm allowed to be there and I'm allowed to be uh, uh, on site and sort of, uh, you know, sell my product, if you will, to those who are interested. So if those if there are listeners that want to pray, it's pray so that we would be more embraced. And uh, that certainly does not mean that, you know, I'm, I, I'm on the team in any way, shape, or form, but it's in their own culture and in their own interest that they would embrace the gospel and what HMI has to offer. I think that would be, uh, that'd be wonderful. Well, we'll do that. I appreciate the analogy, but but it falls short on me because there is not a hot dog cart in town I haven't embraced. <laughs> Mark, thanks for joining us. I hope we have a chance to talk again real soon. That'd be great, Rick. I really appreciate it. God bless. That's Mark Propelia of Hockey Ministries International. He's the team chaplain for the Buffalo Sabres, the Rochester Americans, RIT, and Nazareth College. We'll be back right after the break. This is Benson and those guys. GNT Youth Baseball is registering for its 2015 season. GNT has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 2nd and continuing through June 27th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful GNT Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through GNT Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. And you know what else GNT has? Men's softball. And registration is open for that now, too. All the games are played on Monday nights. They're all at the GNT Sports Park in Hilton. Season's scheduled to begin May 4th, conclude August 3rd. There'll be two practice nights, April 20th and 27th, so long as the weather holds out so you can get out there, run around a little bit. Registration is only $60 if you act now, but you got to act now because the discount rate is scheduled to end March 14th. After that, the price is going to jump. Registration ends completely April 12th or when the program is full. If you have a group of guys you want to play with, the registration form allows for that. Put all their names down. G&T will try their best to keep you guys together. Now, they will stop short of guaranteeing that because they want to keep a competitive balance in the league, but they're going to do their best. If you're just that lone wolf or maybe you and a buddy want to play, GNT will find a team for you. They'll get you on. There's a bunch of guys like that. Go to gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info and find yourself over to their softball page. GNT Softball. Registration open now. Welcome back to the Benson and Notes, guys. It's the Oscar edition of the show. And right there, you have probably the best movie of all time in Raiders of the Lost Ark. But as long as we're talking about movies, we've been saying we're going to do our Mount Rushmore, our four top movies. And I'm going to give you mine, be just because I'm talking, so I'll just keep talking. 
Field of Dreams belongs. One. The Natural belongs. Hoosiers belongs. And then I got stuck. I couldn't decide between Caddyshack and Remember the Titans. But I think I'd have to go with Caddyshack because it's it's a classic. So those are my four. Field of Dreams, The Natural, Hoosiers, and Caddyshack, four top sports movies of all time. I've got Rocky Three, Rocky versus Mr. T. It's amazing. Pride of the Yankees. Babe Ruth plays himself in that movie. It's tremendous. The Sandlot, because who doesn't love The Sandlot? And Miracle. Because it's the greatest hockey movie ever. Okay. Right. I also have The Sandlot as number one on mine. I love that movie. Then Mighty Ducks 1 and 2. I'm going to put them as one movie. <laughs> number three was a travesty. It was a letdown. Uh, Rookie of the Year. And then Remember the Titans. I went a little bit different with mine. I figured we would have a little bit of a repeat with like The Sandlot and stuff. Um, but I went with Cool Runnings. Yes. yes. How did I forget about that? I went with Iron Will which was a fantastic Disney movie about the Iditarod. And then I went with Happy Gilmore, a uh, oh, yeah. classic golf movie. And then I really enjoyed The Rookie, uh, about the old guy who's turned into a pitcher. Yeah, See, that's now, a true story. Too. Time out. You're going to get me in a little bit of trouble here because I didn't pick Cool Runnings, which, by the way, is the very first movie that my when my wife and I went on our first date, we went and saw Cool you're, Running. You're yeah. dating yourself. So man. now she's going to ask, well, why didn't you pick that? But fortunately, she doesn't listen to the program, so <laughs> I got nothing to worry <laughs> you're, about. You're putting Happy Gilmore on your Mount Rushmore of sports movies. Bob Barker beat somebody <laughs> yeah, up. That is funny. Movie, so... It's his Mount Rushmore. You can do whatever you okay, want. Fine. Nobody's picking on you. I mean, you... you mine were awesome. Well, okay, Mr. Let's Pick on Shane, you put The Sandlot in your top four movies of all time. Top four movies. It didn't make your top three baseball movies back in June. I'm pretty sure it did. No, you want me to read them to you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Summer Catch. That movie is awesome. Okay. Uh, Darren, you're done after that. Rookie of the (laughs) Year and Little Big League. Those were your three back in June. (laughs) How did I I leave Sandlot out of there? I don't know. Maybe because someone else did it? Now you're rolling up on Shane like he's got his Mount Rushmore all Sandlot should have been there. My Pest of the Week is Kevin Durant. In an article with interview with GQ Magazine, not only did he talk about himself a little bit and use some words that I'm not going to repeat here, but then he says, if I fall on somebody, I throw them to the ground. I'm not helping them up. I just feel like it's a war mode, like they're trying to kill me, but I got to kill them before they kill me. Listen, it's a basketball game. <laughs> it's not war, and it's not life and death. I really dislike when athletes use those types of terms. Mike Pest of the Week is Kevin Durant. My pest of the week is the Wall Street Journal for their need to go out and hire Paula Sassy, a certified master graphologist, to study Alex Rodriguez's handwritten letter to see what she could tell about him. The hilarious part is that she says he writes like a girl. Yes. So <laughs> that is fantastic. However, what does that tell us about society that the Wall Street Journal had to go out and have somebody take a look at this? No. My pest of the week is Colin Kaepernick for responding to the Twitter troll. Just block the dude, man. You gave him his 15 minutes of fame. He now has over 2,000 followers, all because you couldn't help yourself but respond to some, what I'm assuming is a fat, overweight guy eating chips on his couch. Just let it go. My pest of the week is the yet unnamed teammate of Boise State wide receiver Rick Smith, who knocked Smith into a locker by hitting him in the back of the head, causing 
skull fractures, and brain bleeding. He will now need physical and speech therapy. Darren, let's hear this week's unreasonable rant. I've seen numerous Knicks fans slamming Amari Stoudemire over the past few days into those unreasonable clowns. I say stop it. His knees were bad when the Knicks signed him five years ago. Everyone knew this. But you all overlooked that because you were so desperate for a big-name free agent to put New York back on the map. He did just that. He was the shot in the arm that the Knicks needed, and now, because he couldn't dominate the league to the standard you deem acceptable, you all hate him? Let me repeat. He was damaged goods when the Knicks signed him. This guy has been playing hurt for a long time, but he willingly came to a terrible franchise with the toughest media and the most unforgiving fans, plugged himself into the New York lifestyle, embraced the fans and media, and to the best of my knowledge, never once complained about his situation. He was a class act in New York, and I, for one, am a huge Amari fan. Anyone that says otherwise has no idea what they're talking about, and I'm begging you to delete your Twitter, get better at life, and stop speaking in general because you are clueless and have nothing intelligent to say. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I, I was fired up this week. I guess so. You're a little sensitive I, there. I, I don't know. I felt the need to defend Amari Stoudemire, but I, I did. Yeah, I guess Big Man's glad you're on his side. Yeah, he was a he was a good. I liked him in New no York. No doubt a lot. about it. He threw himself into the New York lifestyle. He he embraced the city. He embraced the fans. They they got no beef with Amari Stoudemire. No. Now, with him gone, and I don't know what's going to happen here, but Carmelo Anthony's on the clock. Oh, yeah. You shut it down. I think you shut it down late. You should have shut it down long. But, okay, you wanted to be in the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. You wanted to throw up 147 bricks or whatever <laughs> it is you threw up. But, man, I think you should have shut it down long ago. Mm -hmm. I think it was a selfish act for him to continue playing. And I think Phil Jackson needed to step in. But this is what this is what nothing has changed in New York. The players run nope. the organization. Always have. And Phil Jackson needed to step in there and say, listen, man, you are shutting it down. It's over. That's what's best for our, for our club. I don't think NBA fans, I don't think Nick fans have any complaint no, with what they, they got should. from Amari Stoudemire. No. Thanks for joining us this week for the Oscar edition of the Benson and Those Guys program. Before we sign off, I want to say condolences to the family of Jerome Kersey, who passed away earlier this week. Um, haven't heard anybody say anything negative about Jerome Kersey, but also prayers for the family of Victor Sanchez, the Mariners prospect, was swimming off the coast of a Venezuelan beach and got hit by a motorboat. He is now in a Venezuelan hospital, unconscious and in critical condition after suffering a major head injury. He had a double skull fracture, a brain hematoma. He underwent surgery and is using a breathing tube and a ventilator. Praying for the young man, Victor Sanchez, of the Seattle Mariners organization. Coming up on next week's show, we're going to talk a lot of baseball as camps open up for everybody. We're going to be in full baseball mode. Uh, that's next week on the program. Thanks for joining us. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.